0: everyone, welcome back to another episode of Cake and Kombucha! <clears throat> Your girl got bronchitis! Ain't nobody got time for that! Actually, I really do have bronchitis. Um, I think I've had it for like four weeks. Shoot, I might have had a long issue since the summer. I listen to myself back and I can tell that I'm not breathing properly. Um, so, yeah, if you feel like you are getting winded walking up the stairs... And you're under the age of 45. I don't know. What age should you get when did like, I don't know. Let's say 70. Maybe you should have a chest x-ray because I did. And now I'm on heavy steroids. Whoop, whoop. Just taking my inhaler. going to cut out any um, coughing so you won't get to hear it. The delicious sounds of my phlegm rattling around. And yeah. Okay. Other housekeeping. I guess the proper introduction. Hello. If this is your first time tuning in. My name is Kelechi Azier. I'm the host of Cake and Kombucha, a weekly podcast where we go over current events, politics, stuff that's going on in the world, and have a good old time deconstructing some issues, laughing at people, things like that. Um, last week, I took off, and I'm happy to be back for you guys, and I'm just like, wow, there is a lot going on to discuss. Um, I was bogged down in some other stuff I was doing, but also I put out the first video of the new video series I'm launching, which is the soft launch is lipstick and politics. It's kind of like this podcast, but live. So please go to YouTube to my channel, which is at Kelesie, A, at K-E-L-E-Z-I-E. It is the same thing as my Instagram handle and my Twitter handle. And look at the first video. I just kind of go over what the series is about, which is about me talking about stuff and trying on makeup. So I tried on a bunch of lipsticks from Bite Beauty. I look like I was wearing powdered donuts on my face for part of the video. We, You know, those lipsticks that are really light, Bite is good because they're opaque. But ladies, you're going to have to use the lip liner with them if you're not super, super pale. And even if you are, because no one wants their lips to just like blend into their face. And no one wants to look like they took a swan dive face first into a pile of cocaine. I mean, some people probably do want to look like that. Or experience that. I feel like I would be allergic to cocaine because I can't even have caffeine. Oh, and one more housekeeping note. I was a featured guest this week on the podcast Yo. Okay. The podcast is You Good. It is by comedian Mike Brown, whose handle is Yo Mike Brown. I was about to say Yo Good because English sometimes eludes me. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a really great experience. Mike is someone I look up to. He's the cousin of one of my best girls. And I actually got to meet him like a long time ago because like when I first moved to the city, I remember going to see him in cool places like juice bars in Brooklyn. And I was like, Ooh, look at all these people with dreadlocks. Yeah. Like this is where I'm, I found my people. So I didn't, I don't have dreadlocks. I just like dreadlocks. Anyway, it was cool. I associate him with like the first person I knew that was like in the business business that wasn't like someone that I, you know, met at Summerstock or something. So yeah. Just cool to stay connected. Thank you Mike for putting me on. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on all the great success. So you guys watch out for him. So let's get into these stories. Okay, so let's keep it light to begin with. Lizzo is finally crediting Mina Lioness, who is a quite good, great singer, great voice in her own right. And a Twitter, like a black Twitter figure who comes up with quips and phrases that are funny. So if you're not caught up with this, Truth Hurts, the number one song on Billboard in America for weeks and weeks now. It starts out with, I just took a DNA test. Guess what? I'm 100% that bitch. And even I saw Lizzo when she was on... um, well, the way I measure success, when she was on um, Andy Cohen's uh, late night talk show, and she's and like they they were like, "Come up with your housewife's handle. What would it be if you were a real housewife?" And she was like, "I just took a DNA test and I'm 100% that bitch." Oh, and here we get into uncomfortable discussions of what's legal, what happens, how thought works, how creativity works, whatever. So this girl Mina Lioness apparently wrote this tweet. I mean, she didn't apparently write it. I say apparently because I don't know that no one else has ever written it or had that thought in their head before. But, because like, how can we prove that? But she wrote the tweet, I'm 100%, I just took a DNA test, I'm 100% that bitch. And Lizzo thought it was funny and put it in her song. Now this girl wants to be credited for a line of the song. Or no, as a, sorry. She wants to be credited as a I'm like mixing my own opinions in with what I'm trying to tell you happened. She is wanted to be credited as a writer of the song has been fighting this battle. And as of yesterday, Lizzo finally agreed to credit her as a writer of the song, which I kind of feel like Lizzo was pushed into because these two white boys that she recorded some other stuff with at some time are also claiming that they wrote part of the song now, which their claims were much less credible. They were just kind of like, yeah, we suggested a thing. And then da, 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 and Lizzo was like, no, I wrote that like in this other studio with this person. Not every person you ever j- had a jam session with can be coming at you like, I wrote the song now. Like, come on. And I know it may sound a little hypocritical for me to say, oh, you only want to do this because you're famous now. Because I have been a big defender when people try to say that about like victims of sexual assault. But I don't think it's the same thing. Obviously, sexual assault is not you know, creative copyright infringement, like obviously, but I'm just saying there is something to the idea of you would get your song credit if you wrote part of a song, like you would just be like, I wrote part of a song. I don't think it would have to get to billboard number one for you to say, oh wait, I remember writing that. That just doesn't. if if your craft is songwriting, that doesn't really make sense. Maybe I'm just that bitch because I'm like a competitive person and just have always been like type A, but I... And want I want you to know what part of the science project index cards I wrote in third grade when we build the volcano. That's just me. Anyway, Mina Lioness is uh it's really interesting. I don't I'm gonna come out and say it. I don't think you are a songwriter because you wrote the first line of a song, not and you weren't intended, you know, to use it for that purpose. Because this comes up with I remember I was taking this like art philosophy class a long time ago and My teacher was defending Jackson Pollock or Mondrian. I think it was Mondrian. So Mondrian is those like primary color squares with the black lines on it, famous images. And people, you know, always want to say with abstract art, I could do that. I could do that. And the argument back to that is, did you do it? Because that's kind of what creativity is. It's thinking of something and executing it. And thinking, yeah, I can take that and mesh it with that. And this could be that. So Mondrian didn't invent squares. He didn't invent black lines, but he's a famous, he became a famous painter for doing that. And I think that what I'm trying to say is if you write something that's a funny quip, but you didn't intend for it to be a song or anything, and someone says, oh, I'm putting that phrase in my song, like that's they're taking what you made and turning it into something else that's not only a different art form, but you never had the idea to do that or you would have done it. You never made it into a song. So that's one angle to look at it. with the other is just from what I've known and researched about writing credits for other areas, I don't know anything about music, but if it correlates with screenwriting and stuff, there are percentages that you get for what you contribute and how you contributed. Like. And for music, I believe it's things like, you know, the whole, the, the, the notation, uh, the, like the foundation of the song, but uh, for lyrics, I have to imagine it's something like, like if you wrote the chorus or the part that everyone repeats, that's different but that that phrase is mentioned once I believe and it's mentioned in the beginning and I think the reason that it stands out in people's mind more is because that kind of funky atonal ding 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 ding. I just took a DNA test guess what I'm a hundred percent that bitch because it's it kind of starts out in this twangy rap singing way that's accompanied by this sparse piano intervals that are a little just like squicky and funky and then you don't know what's coming next so you're just kind of chanting along and then she goes into I could have been a bad bitch but ba-. like it's it's just it gets you hype and starts out like no 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 no, I could have been a bad bitch so it it works but Lizzo made that work Lizzo thought this would be a funny thing to put here I'm gonna tie it into saying I'm ai ba- could have been a bad bitch you know after she says 100% that bitch and then it's I'm a bad bitch and the motif is carried on but it's not the course of the song the course of the song is why man great because they gotta be great all that shit So I was just, I'm confused. I'm really confused that writing a tweet, I thought people could take, like, like, can you sue, can Britney Spears get sued by the gay community for you better work, bitch? Can, you know, it's just like, yeah. So I wonder, I I wonder if, you know, Mina got through because she was the loudest and, and then also, you know, it looked bad politics for Lizzo to not credit another black woman and, then you're just being accused of stealing from a bunch of people. So it's one of those things where if a bunch of people accuse you of something, even if you didn't do it, it starts to make you look bad. Oh my God, am I like defending like me too? No, I'm not. Cause you could look bad, you'll survive. And then you can sue for slander. And if it's true, then sue them. So yeah, but I do think when, when people are accused of a lot of stuff, does it fuck with your credibility? Because people don't like to learn the actual details of something. Sure, it does. That's the way the media machine works. That's where short attention spans work. That's kind of nobody's fault. It just is what it is type deal. So yeah. Um, Anyway, that was interesting. I would love if some musicians, songwriters, please write in and tell me what the real rules are. Anyone's a member of ASCAP, I want to know. That's the uh, union for songwriters. Uh, Is it musical theater? Is it all of them? I'm not sure. But yeah, let me know. I'm really interested in this. Like, it seems like it's, it, to me, it seems like a slippery slope for floodgates to open for people to say that anything that you were tangentially inspired by, that was like a funny phrase. Like, who are those guys with the big hair? that are like, moving up in the club is VIP. Didn't they have a song called like YOLO or something? Like who invented YOLO? I just thought you could take stuff you saw on TV, you know, the way rappers kind of reference stuff. And they're like, I'm like, you know, I, I got that white girl Christina Aguilera like w- people refer to things all the time so let me know if I have this right or not but yeah I'm sh- I'm simply I think I'm more confused that it only appears once and is such a small part of the song and so it's like are we just saying that I, you know, like I, yeah I just theorized about why you know I think it's a catchy part of the song but I don't like, is that the most notable part of the song, and is that what made the song popular? Like, I don't know. I I want to I want to hear what people think. We're gonna front load the show with entertainment news and just carry on with this crazy hoe, Wendy Williams. <laughs> I just called someone a crazy hoe. I'm sorry that makes me laugh. So, Wendy Williams was criticizing Meghan Markle on her TV show yesterday and I think made a big ass out of herself. But first, let me tell you the tea with Meghan Markle. So Meghan Markle has been in the press openly saying that she did not know how hard it would be uh, to be a royal and that she wasn't prepared for it, which is, I mean, it's both innocuous and like, of course, you're going to get dragged, girl. Of course. I see both that both of those things would happen. There was an interview, most notably where a reporter asked her, how have you been holding up? And she got teary eyed and bitch, I understand because I'm PMSing too. And said, you know, that thank you because like, no one's really asked me that. So she was just moved by someone being like, so how are you? Like, this is kind of wacky, right? She also just had a baby. So she could be having postpartum. She's very emotional, But what she's been through is nuts. I mean, Beyonce told you once, like, I know I had to get off the internet when people said my baby wasn't mine. She really, she thinks we're all whack and she retreated from it. Megan has said that she wasn't prepared. She said that her her friends, I think it might've even been the friend who introduced her to Harry or a British friend. If it was the friend who introduced her, that is a little strange, but warned her not to marry him and said the British tabloids will ruin her life. And Megan said she was like, tabloids why would I'm not in any tabloids why would they ruin my life does that sound a little silly because yes you're not in a tabloids now because you're an actress a highly paid actress on TNT which is like success but it's not fame it's not like worldwide fame so if you're not in tabloids you're not messy you don't have DUIs you go to work you go home and you're a sweet person but obviously the Prince of England is higher profile than you and your profile would shoot up. So I was just a little confused. Like she's older than me by some years, not many. And I remember being a kid and princess diana dying and uh, you know, the whole scandal. And I, I don't, I'm not old enough to have the full picture of how princess Diana started out and how people turned against her. I'm finding out now that there are more parallels than I knew about um, in terms of them like hating her first, then loving her or something. They just, they ruined her life. And I don't know why she would be unfamiliar with that dynamic. Maybe she's saying she was at the beginning and then she just fell in love with the dude. And that's your man, you know, Romeo and Juliet it out. So anyway, she wasn't prepared. She said, you know, I get it. If you don't like me, if I do something wrong, absolutely call me out on it. Tell me, you know, I wore the wrong fascinator. I turned my feather the wrong way in my cap. I'm adding these things. She didn't say that. I'm, I'm making fun of it because I think all the hats are ugly. But she said, I, by, I think people should not be able to just say things that aren't true. I mean, what, what is that? What is that word? It's like, girl, there's a word for that. It's, it's slander. You could sue. Which they have sued. They've sued uh, papers. Um, Harry had to release a letter. You know, people were releasing cartoons saying, you know, that their son was going to be a gorilla. What's it going to be like human or a gorilla? And let me tell you, when someone the color of my beige duvet is getting called a gorilla someone who's about to have a one-fourth black baby I know you really hate black people because she could pass in some photos as just a brunette white woman like she can't really really to me she's I I I know that she's black when I look at her I always like years ago I looked on suits I just was flipping through the channels and I was like oh black women's on this tv show cool I didn't Ever get into it, but that's always going to pique my interest. We like representation. And, you know, when I was growing up, and there weren't any dark skinned people on TV. Like, we, you take whatever you could get. You would find that biracial girl or that like one quarter black girl. You're like, I stand. That's me. Like, I think before that, I would be like a Jewish girl. I, I stand. Her hair curls. It doesn't matter. You look for representation where you can find it. So, but what I'm saying is she's very, very fair skinned and just not a in your face with her african features type person so i mean her kid looks white as i would have thought because she the child is only a quarter black so what that's just speaks to the intense fear of bloodline contamination and all this weird shit that they have going on in that country and in in most of our countries but she's been through it she's really been through it they criticize her over everything they malign her as like sexy and seductress and i'm like you're you're wearing like ankle length skirts and your knobby ankles I don't understand like she's her wedding dress didn't even fit it was too big so there's a lot of racial stereotypes being thrown at her a lot of scrutiny the plane thing this summer where they took like back-to-back private jets to go on a charity run or something I have like someone has to explain to me were they supposed to fly coach because they are literally a prince and a princess I'm I'm actually I actually really wanted to ask someone this what were they, it's not classes. I'm not saying they're better than us. They're a prince and a princess they need to fly alone. I'm saying, I think they have a full entourage and security. So if they buy out a whole regular plane for their entourage, they might as well just charter their own plane. Cause then they took a plane out of the running for the rest of us pedestrians. So now we have a flight we couldn't take. We want to take that 10 AM London to Zimbabwe Missed out because of the Royals. I don't get it. It was very strange. Um, so Wendy Williams gets on her bully pulpit and says that I don't. no one should feel sorry for Meghan Markle. You know, honey, you knew. I love the way she schemed her way into royalty. <sighs> uh, not all women are gold diggers. Like Wendy, just because you are doesn't mean... she is not everybody thinks the same way you do not everybody looks like a Muppet like you should be able to know that other people have different tastes because look at you and look at the rest of the world I my nose bridge is intact it's not collapsing other people make decisions that are different from you Wendy I don't think she schemed then Wendy Williams went on to say this is what they should do they should have three houses you know come to America have your little mansion in Malibu Go to Africa. I mean, uh, and go to Africa, have a hut. i never, I mean, I've never been there. I don't know. Bitch, shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. I'm done. You've never been to Africa, so you don't know if everyone lives in hunts, huts in 2019. Not that there's anything wrong with huts, like if, if there actually were, because I also don't like denigrating, you know, we have indigenous people in rainforests in Brazil that live off the land. There's nothing wrong with that. They're probably happier than us. But for you to perpetuate these stereotypes on your platform and you were also the person that said, you don't know why there were HBCUs. Now I just know that you molded your face to look like a non-human Muppet Miss Piggy because you're ashamed of being black. So you tried to melt all your features off. Like this is ridiculous. You're jealous of her. I mean, she literally said at the end, I just, I don't know. It's something about her. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Let's go back to her asinine suggestion that like as a Royal, you can just go live wherever you want. I don't think you can, you have obligations. I think the obligations are kind of dumb, but they have them. I can think of no worse way to be rich than to be forced to wear tweed and weird stuff and long loose fitting clothes and go around and wave and wear gloves. It looks really boring and exhausting. And also just the whole figurehead part of it is really strange that you're not even like actually in the government making laws. So you go around and do charity projects in countries that you colonize and ravage and stole other resources from, like countries that need your help because you destroyed them anyway. It's weird. It's a, it's a mindfuck if you get into it. Um, yeah. So all their work in Africa is still kind of odd for me. Like, it's like great that you're doing it. But honestly, a charity is not enough. You, you just people owe the African continent and the West Indies so much money. They should just give back. And all the artifacts and all that. So let me not get crazy with that and and go down a tangent. But it was just such a rude thing to say. The hot comment, you're dismissed. I don't think she's a gold digger. It's like, what can a woman do to not be perceived as a gold digger? She was worth a couple million on her own as a single woman, still on a show where you're making, I would say she's making no less than $500,000 a year. She's good. She did not need to marry him. If anything, she met a guy, she fell in love, and she sacrificed her whole lifestyle. She gave up acting for him. Is she really tired of the industry, tired of the grind? Was she trying to get off suits and couldn't find other work and was like disenchanted? I don't know, but I just don't. I just don't think it seems more interesting um, to walk around and wave at people and boring social events where they feed you canapé and little treats. It's not fun. Like living in London and not being able to go out. That sounds bad. Let me just end with this. Kate Middleton wore her hair half up half down to visit Pakistan, and the tabloids wrote it up as an exciting new hairstyle that this woman moved her straight hair back up off her face. So, the level of intense boredom that we're talking about, that's that, that's what that's where we're at. So I do feel sorry for Megan. I think that no one deserves racial abuse and to the point in the hate mail, to the point that your husband who's the prince has to make a statement about it. It's really awful. It sounds, it sounds stressful. And the, the happy part for her is that she married the love of her life and she has a beautiful son. And uh, I hope she finds happiness in other ways. Like I don't know how she can get away from things or just maybe stop reading the tabloids at all, but you're in a, She's in an area where image is everything. They care very, very much about the image. So it's kind of a conundrum. So good luck to you, Megan and Wendy. Fuck you. Fuck you for real. Okay, we're going to just put the Trump stuff in the middle because there's a lot going on. A lot going on every day. So on Tuesday, to just give you our impeachment report, Bill Taylor, who was the envoy to Ukraine, so the most important, most entrenched in Ukraine figure, he gave a really long testimony. I think it was a 10-hour deposition, nearly 10 hours. And he, he just laid it out there that the picture is very bleak what the president did was wrong. Everybody knew about it. Everybody was talking about it. He tried to, you know, notify people and just watched, you know, he watched the president withhold this millions of dollars. And it was stated verbally, like everyone knew about this and everyone knew that that was the reason. So that was apparently one of the most damning testimonies yet. It's 15 pages long. I haven't got a chance to read it yet. Maybe I'll read it and uh, give you a synopsis next week. But it's all these synopsises are, they're just kind of the same. It's almost like they just need to get to the more important person, the more important person, the more senior person to confirm. So they can just have like 85 people confirm. Yeah, this is what went down. We all knew about it. It was whack. This is exactly what happened. And you know, you're going to hear the right media say the whistleblower, still talking about if the whistleblower was, was legitimate. Um, it doesn't matter because Trump has it said what he did. And then Nick Mulvaney came on TV and said, yeah, every once in a while, politics is personal, okay? It's politics. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah, I say, yeah. And he, he was just trying to come at people and say, and you know what? The president, and about holding the G7 summit at one of his failing hotels to make money, he was like, the president still sees himself as a real estate person. So he thought, no, you're not a real estate person. Like, you're the president they have a fascinating strategy, which is to just be wrong and strong. But it kind of works. Like when you, when someone will lie about anything, obfuscate anything, say anything, if you do anything, be like, I know you are, but what am I? Make a law, decide that, oh, the law is not working in my favor. I rescind it, which I'll explain a little bit more about that in a moment we get to the next part. That kind of doesn't leave you with a ground to stand on. So I realize that in some ways, Trump is kind of brilliant because he has no Morals and and I don't mean has no morals from a oh you're mean, you're a mean bad man, and we need to rise up and as America we can do better and in 2019, because obviously it's 2019 and all kinds of crazy shit is happening every day. So I don't get when people start anything as like I can't believe it's happening in 2019. However, what I mean by that is it is just a strategy that it never really occurred to me to have a complete and utter disconnection with reality. Like when I'm arguing with someone or when I am you know, think I'm having a fight or thinking something through, it never occurred to me, abandon any sense of what is true and right and just say whatever you want. And it was just like, wow, if there were no rules, then you control reality, you control reality because nothing happened that you don't want to say happened at that moment. You could just be like a, do, you know, do a Charlie Murphy and, and, and slap Rick James in the face. And oh no, it was the other way around. You could just do Rick James and slap Charlie Murphy in the face and be like, that was three weeks ago. You know, it's just very interesting. That's the way they play. So to get into that more yesterday, Congress interrupted the hearing that was happening. Um, it was Laura Cooper, who was the deputy assistant secretary of defense for Russia, Ukraine, and Eurasia. She came in to discuss uh, what she knew about withholding the $400 million in security aid. And 24 Republicans, it should be noted that there's still like 178 other ones that did not participate in this. So not everyone is going along with shenanigans, but but 24 Republicans pushed past the Capitol police officers and entered the secure rooms of the House Intelligence Committee in the skiff. The skiff is this room where they're having all these different hearings going on that are all like classified. I mean, all the information with them that might not all be classified, but they're in there. It's a room where you have to leave your cell phones in the locker. You can't take any electronic devices inside to be recording things, stuff like that. It's very private. It's, it's a big concern for this room to be compromised to our foreign adversaries. So they, they burst into this room demanding to know what was going on in this hearing. Now, there are Republicans on the House Intelligent Committee Committee. They're already in that room. So these are people who are not on this committee, which means they're not supposed to be in there, and they know that those are the rules, going in and demanding to know. And basically just trying to postpone this testimony, which was delayed five hours. They marched in there, they took their cell phones in there, which are not allowed, and people were just really like, oh, so you're just gonna like videotape. Y'all, come on, if y'all ever, y'all know some older people, and by older, I mean like over 40, don't even know how to use technology anyway. So I know that these people can be easily compromised. And the comp, like on TV, the correspondent who used to work these rooms that I saw explaining this was saying that there was an issue with, you know, they know that Congress people are very popular. Like if you remember on House of Cards, Congress people are close to you know what's going on in the highest level of of government. They don't make that much money though. There's always room for bribery. So they're they're the people that foreign adversaries try to to tap to become assets. And that is that was her way of like explaining the compromise risk. But to me, I'm just like, y'all know you don't know how to use your iPhones. Someone is gonna be like, oh, that's what they have, bet. Like, I see something on a screen and a picture that got leaked and then learn how to find your device because your password is your dog's name and then it's done. We have no national security anymore. Um, So I just thought that was really crazy. And then they ordered pizza. So that's what they did. It was like a frat party. Uh, Can you imagine being so pressed about people reporting things that happened that are unflattering to you that you try to physically block it happening? with your body, but at the same time, say that it's fake news and lies and nothing happened and you're not ashamed. But at the same time, say exactly what happened, which is pretty much the same as what people are saying happened, happened, but then still say that it's lies. If you're confused, I'm also confused, but that's what's happening in our government right now. Really exciting stuff, and I believe later today, I hope I'm not missing it while I'm recording right now. Lindsey Graham is going to hold a hearing that's again urging for all of these uh, all of these hearings to be public. Now, the reason that they're not public, in my opinion, is because well, a it's not the it's the rules; they don't have to be public, and b. Uh, I think that they are trying to protect these people's identities. Like people are honestly scared for their lives. They're scared for their careers and they know that they're going to become targets and manipulated. And apparently witnesses are also coming together and trying to corroborate their stories. So they're trying to have a appropriate due process. And in a setting that is unique because impeachment is unique. This is the only, the third one in our country's history. So congratulations, Donald Trump on that achievement, and these are the rules. So people are being crazy right now. But the judge that decided where these hearings should happen um, was a Republican judge, and he—it's like they want to reverse everything now that it's—it's it's working against them, and now that they don't like it, and it's coming down on their party members. So that's really funny. Um, but even some Republicans—I'm going to read this last quote: Republican Senator John Thune of South Dakota. The number two Senate Republican told CNN, "The picture coming out of it, based on the reporting that we've seen, I would say is not a good one. But I would also say that until we have a process that allows for everybody to see this in full transparency, it's pretty hard to draw any hard and fast conclusions. Yeah, and you're not asked to like everyone. It it would become public among Congress. It's going to become public in a few weeks when they're done. So, chill out, read a book, and stop trying to get ahead of." what's actually coming out so you can find some way to spin it. Like, we already know you're wrong. You're wrong. So that that was that. Oh, and then Trump said that he was being lynched. So where's that quote? Uh, so someday if a Democrat becomes president and the Republicans win the House, even by a tiny margin, they can impeach the president without due process or fairness or any legal rights. All Republicans must remember what they are witnessing here, a lynching. But we will win. I mean I don't even know what to say. Like the fact that he would invoke Lynching is so beyond disgusting. But also just how does the government just not have any rules when you decide you don't like something? Like it literally has a lot of rules and they're they're being followed. Ugh, whatever, whatever Trump. Just wah, wah, wah. Wednesday, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg appeared before Congress under a familiar setting. He was again called to answer for some sketchy sounding stuff that Facebook was doing. Amongst it was his program Libra, which is going to be a cryptocurrency thing that he is pushing. I have a really poor understanding of cryptocurrency, so I'm not the one to explain it to you. But I will explain that this was a really fun day as usual on C-SPAN because Mark Zuckerberg acts like a he acts like remember that alien and the first men in black that was like skin sewn up and then like inside it was like empty like he just acts like a skin doll like that like there's nothing going on inside his brain when he is being asked questions which leads me to wonder do you speak to people do you speak to your wife what's what's going on in there like what I don't I don't get it. So he, again, was just publicly, when I tell you he was flogged, tongue thrashed, tongue lashed. they went to the backyard and got a switch. No, they made him go get the switch. These Black women in Congress, and then I'll add AOC to, but she's, she's not old enough to give you the full, it's so like, she's incredible when she's asking these questions very slowly like you're a dummy, but she is not old enough to do the kind of shaming that I'm talking about talking about Maxine Waters and then Congresswoman Joyce Beatty, who I just so pleased to have the pleasure of meeting yesterday on C-SPAN. But no one can drag you like an old black lady. They were, he was just beaten and stomped on by their kitten heels. And they took off their pearls and choked and ran them around his neck and just lifted him up and shook him around. Like it was incredible. Like So one of the really interesting issues, Joyce Beatty on the House Financial Services Committee, which it's so interesting because when people try to say like, oh, there's no racism in this country, it's just class. When I see uh, Maxine Waters, who I if you have been listening to the whole podcast the whole time, you, you heard that I got a chance to see her at Abyssinian Church and kind of explain what she does. Fighting for against financial abuse is fighting for the black community because that is who is targeted by this stuff. We are the what one- poor people are taking advantage of, yes, but it's never divided from race. We are specifically targeted for subprime loans for all of the bullshit historically. And so Facebook was engaging in virtual online redlining where based on black zip code the zip codes of the people's accounts, and I don't know the technicalities how they connect this, collect this information, but come on, you know they have everything, just run with me because you know, when you say something in front of your phone, your phone looks up the damn thing, like they know where you live. Um, so they would not show housing ads to people, uh, who lived in certain areas. So it's like certain areas of even like websites would be kind of blocked off to them. The information was not getting there. And she dragged him. She said, so did you have a chance to read any of the papers that I sent to you today? You don't know. You don't. Okay, so I've heard so much about your scholarly resume. Did you not read? What do you know about civil rights? What is your? What is the law firm that you have employed for civil rights? And he said, "Um, we have uh, Cheryl Sandberg," and she she laughed. She said, uh, "Cheryl Sandberg. I, I know Cheryl very well, and I, I don't think her background is civil rights. Do you know what redlining is?" Uh, yes, I, I, congressman. congresswoman. Every time he answers them, he says, Congresswoman, like to save time. But they ask him yes or no questions. He can't answer. He doesn't know anything about anything. She asked him how many minorities, you know, businesses he's employed or he doesn't know. She's like, did you read any of this packet? We sent it to you to try to get the lay of the land of the kind of work you're doing to prevent like more racist shit and redlining happening in the future. And at the end, she was like, you're disgusting. You're ruining people's lives. I'm thoroughly disgusted with you. It was Fantastic. I've never seen... I mean, the, the theatricality that these women bring to the governmental experience is... Mm, 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 encore, encore. I love it. It's so funny. Maxine, I didn't even watch her whole thing yet. I'm just still like not over the Joyce Beatty thing. I did see AOC ask him a lot of questions that were very, very interesting. So AOC was asking about whether Facebook is going to fact check political ads, which has been a conversation. And you know, I see people who don't like her on the internet saying, well, she thinks this is wrong. She doesn't understand how complex it is. Isn't it? She has an opinion. She thinks they should. That's her opinion. But she still posed questions that he clearly never thought about before or just didn't have an answer for to show that your policy is not well thought out because sometimes you say you're going to fact check and sometimes you're not. So she said, so what if I were to buy an ad Um, targeting only black users of Facebook to tell them the wrong day for election day. Is that allowed? And he stammered and like, and he did it, you know, he stammered and (laughs) hemmed hot. And I think he said, I don't know. And she's like, oh, but then he he was like, oh, we would do something about that. She's like, oh, so you do have rules. So I'm just trying to find the extent of these rules. And then she said, so what if I released an ad Saying that Republican lawmakers had voted for the Green New Deal, and he said, uh, he said she could release the ad, but he, but she, he had to be led it to answer. He just, he just thinks he can sit up at these things and not answer, which is so strange. I, I don't get it. Like how I would just be embarrassed to sit someplace for six hours and be like, I don't know who I employ. I don't know who runs this part. I don't know that. Then don't be the CEO anymore. You don't have to. You're really rich. You could sell it to someone who's going to be involved in the day-to-day activity more. Wait, is Sarah, is Sarah Sandberg the COO and he's the CEO? I don't know what he is, but he needs to be like more of a figurehead. He needs to just sell it. Just sell it the way Serena Williams has been sold Reddit. Just sell it because you don't know what you're doing at all. It's gotten too big and I don't think he's a bad person, but I think he's out of his depth and he he's not aware about how these issues... Um, these issues uh, intersect, which is why Joyce Beatty was like, this is appalling. And if you think you, if you had any two, and that's why she was asking about, did he ever have any women, any diversity hires in any of these positions, which you've probably heard in the news, Facebook does not. Because she was saying, if you had anyone in the room that was of color, they could have told you like, hey, that's redlining. Hey, that's really sketchy. So you put yourself in a bubble, you do things that are wrong and you live in a world of you know, that kind of um, moderate, uh, well, laissez-faire, people could do what they wanted, but no, sometimes the government does have to intervene because people are abused in our country and people are victimized and people are discriminated against. And capitalism as a system that started when some of the people who are participating now were considered property of that system, it's it's not an even playing field. It's just not. So, like, that's why I thought AOC's question about the voting dates was brilliant, because she's just showing him that fact checking doesn't mean like, I, you know, really said I believe in abortion this year, but that year I changed my mind. And that like, it, there's deeper than that. There's real harm that can be done. And also, he's still like wholly and completely unconcerned about the Russian interference into our elections. So it's it's a very strange way of handling things but mostly entertaining. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that AOC said that was pertinent. Any other questions? No. I mean, she thinks like, yeah. So she clearly thinks that there should be uh fact checking. Now he said, he said when he finally was able to pose a coherent sentence, which he literally said at one point, I- I'm sorry, that was a long sentence to a question she asked. Like what happens between the beginning and the end of the sentence for you? Do you pop your ears out and put them back in? Like what What kind of wellness check do we need right now? So she, said, she, he said, um, which I also thought was interesting, like just to show you guys I'm not biased. I do think there's nuance to these things. He said, if you were to lie about the Green New Deal, I would think that was wrong. Lying is bad. At Facebook, we think lying is bad. But essentially he said if you're a liar then your constituents need to be able to find out that you're a liar and they're they're human they're responsible they're adults like it's it's their job to find out what kind of person their politicians are and i get that too but that doesn't mean that but if you think that then stand firm in your word and answer yes or no questions and also make sure that you've thought about all the other parameters because he did say oh we would we would we would intervene for violence for this for that i'm like will you you facebook kind of helped have a genocide in Myanmar so these things like the worst case scenarios have also already happened and not been properly addressed which is a sad thing like i i haven't forgotten about how facebook was used as a weapon in those genocide attacks and i don't know why he has either so the worst has already happened and it can already continue to happen which is why he really needs to get his act together it's it's just technology is a new field that is really powerful and we're just seeing the way shaping and interfering with our, I not technology, like social, you know, I mean social media, not technology broadly, like buttons and the wheel are influencing elections. No, social media, specifically Facebook is affecting our elections, our government. And it's kind of like, just because you didn't intend for something to be anything more than, you know, fun looking at pictures of your who's cute in your upcoming freshman class, That that's fine. That was like 16, 17 years ago. It's not the case anymore. And you have to, as your thing grows, you got you to gotta keep growing with it. Um, but yeah, look up Libra, the cryptocurrency thing he wants to make. He's saying it would be good for people that don't have banks, the unbanked, and all the Black people were like, you know nothing. You're literally just saying words. You've done no research into this demographic, how they use Facebook, how they interact, how it would benefit them. You don't get to just invoke minorities sometimes when you haven't done all of the work that we told you to do to fix these other processes. So it was interesting, but I don't really get cryptocurrency that much because I kind of feel like our dollars are already fake. Like we, it's not based on how many gold bars we have sitting around. So, you know, do you ever think it's weird? We get a direct deposit, like you get excited that someone made a number on a computer screen pop-up higher for you in your bank account, like on a computer screen. None of it's real. So how is cryptocurrency not just another currency? And is that the point that it's just another currency? I don't know. So somebody let me know. The internet is mad at Miley Cyrus. Uh, Miley Cyrus, who knows divorce from the, which one, which Hemsworth? Liam. The younger one, and then went on to date one of the Kardashian brother sis, the Kardashian sisters' half brother, Brody Jenner's ex-wife for a minute. Yeah, and then now is dating some dude named Cody Simpson. First of all, I just want to say these kids get around. You don't have to have a new girlfriend or boyfriend two days after you got divorced. I don't have a new boyfriend, and I've never been divorced. I just think it's so fast like but I don't know I guess people don't do they, they do say people stay in their relationships well after they're over them so perhaps by the time you're finalized you're ready to hit the ground renting. but I think it's really fast and then becomes competitive because also like I remember not posting about my relationships on social media until like eight months in and stuff it's not just that the tabloids are catching these people with new people They post about it on Instagram. So it's part of their packaging. It's part of their marketing of themselves and their fun lives. And it's really interesting how that works out Um, because it's just kind of questionable. Like in any other circumstance, it it wouldn't really make sense to introduce the whole world to everyone you've dated for two days and then get mad and be like, we need our privacy like during the breakup period when people want to ask questions. But anyway, Miley Cyrus went on Facebook Live or Instagram Live, no one asked her to, with Cody Simpson. Simpson. I would say she's probably high because it just seems like something you would say when you were high. But she was like, guys, I just want you to know, like, love is out there. Like, I was being hardcore. No, her voice is not that high. Hold on. <clears throat> guys, I just want you to know I was being hardcore feminist and not letting anyone in. You don't have to be gay, guys. I always thought I had to be gay because all men are evil, but it's not true. You need to find a dick that's not a dick. I've only ever met one. <laughs> a dick that's not a dick. Okay. So everyone's pissed. Um, I knew what she meant. I knew when she said, you don't have to be gay. I, well, do I know what she meant? Let's see. She said, I always thought I had to be gay because all men are evil, but it's not true. So I don't know if that means that her bisexuality is because she just didn't find enough men to date. Uh, To me, I feel like You can't be bisexual just because of that, because if that was the case, most of us women would be bisexual or just, let's not even we'd just be lesbians. I often wish I was a lesbian because I feel like I would have a beautiful, educated wife that I could share pants with and we'd have fun and talk about stuff and drink wine and braid each other's hair, have kids, raise them to be thoughtful and sweet, um, go on vacation. Everything would be really well planned and there'd be lots of, scented candles that smelled like bergamot um sharing hair products cutting costs yeah things like that it sounds great but I'm not it's really attracted I'm not attracted to women I'm just not like it's I, I it's annoying I'm not so I'm stuck I'm really stuck and uh that all I say all that to say is I don't think you can force it so if she she's come out as bi before So then to me, that means you're bi. Like I, I, like I said, I, I can't really just date women because I don't find good men around if I'm not attracted to women. So I would think that if she's had real girlfriends and stuff that she actually likes them. But this seems like she's rescinding it. But that's still her right. Like Miley Cyrus saying, I forced myself to, you know, go down on girls because I thought I had no other option is not is not impugning everyone else's sexuality. Like, she's allowed to have a troubled and problematic sexuality of her own, and she's allowed to share that. So people were saying that she was being a bad role model and and pushing forth the idea that women only need a good dick to make them straight. Like, like gay women only need one good dick to make them straight. And like, no, no, she didn't say that. She said, you need to find a dick that's not a dick. She didn't mean get a good dick to get a good dick and down. She just, she was making a an immature play on words and saying unhelpfully that you just have to keep searching until you find one nice guy. There's only one. And I found him (laughs) like that. That's, that's the part that's not helpful. I mean, what are we supposed to do then Um, if you, if you have him, but I don't, I, do I see how her comments were problematic? Of course. And should she be notified? Hey, that sounds wonky because you're an ally. This whole thing was phrased weirdly but I think that it would have been interesting to see instead of people just saying, You're saying this, take it back, it would have been interesting to see some people prod her a little bit more on what she meant. Like, just because I am sad that I that someone I considered a gay or bi role model in pop culture, and as they're few and far between, like may not be the image that I want them to be, doesn't mean I can make them perfect for that cause. So I would love to have someone be like, when did you realize you were bi? How did it come about? So would you say that, you know, do you, are you one of those people that can have sexual relationships with women, but you only fall in love with, you know, you mostly fall in love with men? Because there's lots of people on the spectrum of bisexuality where people have different interactions with different genders. Like I can fool around with this gender, but I never end up in a relationship with them or vice versa, you know, for depending on the gender, switch it out. So I, I, I would love to... Find out a little bit more about that. I think it would be interesting, an interesting conversation because everyone is different and should get to be different. And also your faves are often dum-dums and immature. So take them off the pedestal, that too. Um, so yeah, people were saying that it was suggesting, also it's suggesting you weren't born gay, which is a problem. But I'm not sure. What if she really believe? I'm not sure how I feel about believing that. I don't know if I know believing that I think it's a slippery I think it opens up a lot of space for more discrimination against gay people. Um but I'm not sure if it's the crux of the argument anymore, the born gay or not thing. I certainly believe people are. I'm just trying to figure out if I think it's like hateful to say that they aren't in, even in a ponderous way, like if she if she's bi but she doesn't know that all, you know, I I think I've heard some gay people say that some people are born gay, some people aren't. I don't like you know whatever, but that I see as even more of what's offensive so we're ranking what's offensive the find a dick part that's not what she meant about it She didn't mean just try to find out a good dick you'll never go back to fingers she didn't mean that uh secondly the the implication that people aren't born gay is the probably the second most problematic uh Let's say 2.5 more problematic. Second would be just to see in writing, you don't have to be gay guys. Isn't it? <laughs> That's like, that was funny. And just, you shouldn't leave people sound bites Like you don't have to be gay guys. You shouldn't. Just don't do that. The thing I found the most offensive was the feminist part. I was being hardcore feminist and like setting up walls and not letting anybody in and hating men. That's what she said. None of that happened. The feminist movement was started by mostly women who are married to men and just want to be treated differently. Like I don't, being a feminist has nothing to do with hating men. It never has. Do we hate the patriarchy? Sure. Do we not like the way men are socialized to do certain things that are irritating, destructive, um, entitled? Sure. Do we want to be treated as equals? Yes, primarily. But we got to stop this feminism means man-hating thing. It's just it's just so dumb and outdated. Be educated. So that was the part that irritated me the most. But mostly I just thought it's funny and I don't know who her boyfriend is. He's random. But I also thought it was just shady. So you have on record her saying that she only ever met one good dude, not her, hus- her ex-husband Liam, who she was on and off with for like 10 years. How old is she? She's like 27 and they probably met when they were like 21. I mean, yeah. Close to 10 years. I want that tea. That's the tea I want. What, what happened there? Is she just mad or did they have a bad relationship the whole time? That's a long time. That's the tea I want. You got on Instagram saying you've only dated one nice man in your life after you just divorced an extremely high profile, one of the most famous actors in the world right now. That's the tea that I want because that's shady. Okay, so before we get out of here, I want to introduce a new section. I think I'm just going to call it, um, I'm going to name it because we have so many stories like this. So I'm going to debut people who aren't racist. So I'm going to tell you a story. And you have to take a shot. That's drinking a shot. A shot. If you think the person is going to say, but I'm not racist at the end of it. And then If you're right and they do, you have to take another shot, a dress shot. Could be anything you want, could be matcha. I I made myself matcha this morning. I felt so empowered. Matcha is one of those things that I just let the cafes have all the power. Matcha powder is like $20 for like two ounces. I never made that investment. I just felt like, oh, it's above me that I did it. And I'm so empowered. And I made it taste the way I wanted it to taste with the milk that I wanted. And it was so, so good. (laughs) Okay, moving on. So our first people who aren't racist story. Okay, so on Monday, Servier County in Tennessee, which is in the Smoky Mountains, and apparently a tourist site that I knew nothing about, They had a county commission meeting, and the main item on this agenda was a resolution to make this county a Second Amendment sanctuary. That is correct. You did not hear me wrong. People are creating Second Amendment sanctuaries, which are areas that are cities and counties that are refusing to enforce gun control laws that they consider to be infringements on the U.S. constitutional right to keep and bear arms. So I want you to just notice here that they took a play on words for Sanctuary City, uh, which referred to a place where immigrants would be safe. Immigrants are human beings, by the way. They're people that are alive. Like they have blood and lungs and they breathe in and out of their mouths or noses if they're not congested. And these people decided to take that and name gun cities after them. So they are letting you know that their priorities lie with making sure they get to play duck hunt outside in the wild. Duck hunt live! And not human beings. And that is pretty much explicitly what uh, was, was expressed in a fantastic speech delivered by the county commissioner named Warren Hurst. And by fantastic, I mean inbred. So this guy got up there and he said the following. He said that as a white man in America, rights have been taken away from us. He said, look at what's running for president. He's what's running, not who's running for president. He said, you can find better people in jail. I wrote, I assume your jail is segregated. And I was right. I found out later the county is 95% white. Cause I was like, I know you don't mean niggas. And then he said, there's no morals in this country. He said something about it's time for plantations. I don't, I, it was very garbled and his accent's hard, but he definitely said the word plantations. He said, you know, that we don't, if the right liberals get in, get into power, my gran- or your grandkids are going to be told what time to get up, what time to go to bed. And I wrote, I guess not worried they'll be told they have to carry a baby to term if they're raped or who they can marry, question mark. And then I wasn't disappointed because immediately after that moment, he screamed, we got a queer running for president. And the room erupted into laughter and cheers and clapping. Then he said, I'm not prejudiced. Okay, so up to you. Do you you get to drink? I say, I think you get to drink. It's the same thing as I'm not racist. He said, I'm not prejudiced, but by golly, a white man in this country has very few rights. You hear him on stage saying that they are for the poor and the blacks, but you won't hear any of them saying they want rights for the whites. Um, of high interest to me is exactly the rights that you feel like you don't have. Uh, what is it that you feel like you are, you are supposed to be doing that you cannot do right now? Is it that you want to own people still? Do you want to be able to go... Like murder all of the black business owners in Atlanta, like the Tulsa race massacre. What do you want to do that you feel like is like not your right anymore? Because as far as I'm concerned, you're just it's just like harder for you to kill people for no reason and get away with it. Harder, but still pretty relatively easy, people who are black and Latino and stuff. But beyond that, I don't know what rights of yours have been infringed upon. And it's super important when you're making goals to be very specific. That's how your dreams come true out and manifest. So I want, I want him to tell us what exactly is he not allowed to do? Because when you leave it in this intangible space, I'm confused. Um, he also said that we just got our president finished. Uh, our last president was letting the country be run by thugs from other countries. I don't even know what that is referring to. Like Obama didn't have email scandals and all this sh- intrigue so maybe he's confused but i i don't know what he's talking about and then he said that trump was telling the truth when he said that we just they just send us two or three good people and all the criminals stuff and it's true we just got rid of one of those presidents taking orders from another country we don't need all these people here so yeah i don't know i don't know why he i don't know where he's getting his information from but uh yeah, I just, I, it's, it. well, you heard it there. Like, it's it's actually good to have this very clearly stated because once you know the gulf of reality that you're dealing with, you can address it. So we, we see like social media memes and social justice people writing the meme that when you were used to inequality, like having equality feels like discrimination. Or I'm really phrasing that badly. But the idea that if you, We're getting things that were wrong you didn't deserve anyway. Getting the same thing as everyone else feels like a punishment. So that is what these white people and white men are experiencing. And like, oh, my God, you mean I can't spank my secretary at work anymore? What? Like, they're super stressed out. But I still think people should be able to articulate exactly what it is that they want. Like, it can't just be a feeling. You don't have the right to determine who lives next to you. But honestly, they probably think that because, like I said in the last episode, Trump was telling people that you should have the right to, they didn't ask you when they let all these Somalians move here. You like Ethiopian food better. Fight back. Like, so the shit is wild. Anyway, that's enough of him. Um, The last possibly not racist story, I actually haven't heard from the victims in this story, but I thought it was really interesting. Um, Two UConn students were arrested after being caught on video shouting racial slurs. Now, it said two white UConn students, and the first thing I thought when I looked at their pictures was, they don't look white. Um, Their names are Jared Corral and Ryan Mukgaj, and it says, who are both 21 and white, then why is that their names? Um, So anyway, the interesting part is, they were put in jail, charged with a ridicule, On account of creed, religion, color, denomination, nationality, or race, it is a misdemeanor charge which is punishable by a maximum of 30 days in jail, a fine up to $50, or both. So on the video, they were playing this penis game, which honestly, they should be put in jail because at 21, you shouldn't be playing the penis game. It's something in middle school where you go into a public place and you have to say penis, the other person has to say it louder, say it louder. It's about screaming embarrassing words. So then they were going through the parking lot, it started out as penis, and then it turned into nigger. Um, like fuck them for real, like for for not considering their black classmates and respecting them enough and and understanding the impact of what hearing that word would feel like. Like fuck them for sure. And that was the second racist incident on campus that week. They comprised the second, so meaning there already was one, and they should be cognizant of that. And I think punishing people is I, you know, I, you know, I believe in a you 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 know I believe in call out culture, so I really don't care. But I think it's fishy that they were put in jail because I've just never heard of any white student that wasn't possibly actually North African and or Arabic or something being put in jail for this stuff. And I actually have a friend who's a lawyer who's licensed in Ohio. And he's he informed me that, yeah, ridicule is a thing. Licensed in Connecticut, rather. Which is very interesting. That's against the law. Just for people who think, you know, I guess that's a freedom of speech issue. But you're always... We have so many interesting. We just have different laws in every state, and it's so interesting because that's not the case with other countries. It's just not the case. It's fascinating. America is so interesting. Um, so yeah, I learned that. But he said he's never heard of anyone going to jail for it. So I think this is really interesting. And if they're throwing the book at these guys, I legit would not be surprised because it's, if it's because they also are some kind of immigrant, I could mukaj. M- I could see Pakistani, Persian, uh, Indian, uh, Turkish, Lebanese. I Forgive me if I sound really ignorant, and I'm sure someone listening knows exactly what language these names are, but this is just based off of looking at them and them having, like, spicy names. Sorry. And, yeah, that was interesting. Um, it's kind of like how that cop that, the Black cop that, killed the innocent bystander white woman by accident because he was scared, was the first cop to ever go to jail for that and had horrible, like, you know, them being like, she was had a blonde ponytail and a sweatshirt. I'm like, yeah, Amber Geiger had a blonde ponytail too. So, But the idea that they throw the book at black and minority people when it's the same kind of infringements, and so you can make an example out of them, but you won't make an example out of the white people that do worse. Like, what about those... The fraternity at Old Miss, and I feel like every year they have a video just going, nigga, 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 or something like that. Or they made up some song about drowning, drowning nigger. Like, shit is wild. It's really wild. None of them went to jail. Um, oh, but they weren't in Connecticut. So, yeah, I want to learn more about this story. That's interesting. But I think we might wrap it up here. Before I leave you guys, I want to do a reality TV assessment, if you will. I have been laid up in the bed sick. I had MSNBC on. I accidentally hit MTV and just got launched into an all-day marathon of young teen moms. When I tell you I've never experienced so much psychic stress that I absorbed by watching other people, first of all, these girls are just going through it, and they're so much more mature than I am. Like, I'm up here wondering why somebody didn't text me back on time. And they're over there, like, arguing with their baby daddy on speakerphone while they're driving and the kid's car seat in the back. Just, I don't, I'm not trying to hear this right now. Just, you know, just give me the pampers. Hang up. Like, they, while the dude on the phone is like, you bitch, like, you did it. The girl's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, he's trying. He has anger management. You know, I just want to have a good dad for my son. So I'm trying to help him do such and such. And. They're calm about it, and they're used to horrible treatment already at, like, 19 years old. It's so sad. I never knew that these shows had so much, um, like, domestic abuse, and these guys have rage issues. They're 16 and hitting the moms, like, more than one of the people they're following. The men are on TV, like, punching them and stuff, and it's, like, scary to me because they know they're on a TV show. So you're still—this if you is how you act when you know that a camera crew is following you around— not they not saying they picked up the footage of the actual fights, but they, the fights weren't on camera, but you're attacking these girls and acting out and you know that it's public. One of them went to jail for it. What does that even mean? Like that you, how must you act in private? It was just really sad. There was a lot of addiction on there too. Um, very bleak. I just didn't know that men were like full on wife beating trash at 17. It just seemed even early for the guys to absorb that much trashy behavior. So it was very, very upsetting. I thought, I know these shows are really popular. Are they all this depressing? Um, I feel for them. One of these moms, I started following her on Instagram. She's gorgeous. So soft-spoken to her baby. So sweet. Her name is Ashley something. I think her, she's beautiful. She was trying really hard with this guy and just so heartbroken that he hit her. And it's like, what does it mean? It's just really hard when someone you love for a long time just starts acting like someone you don't know. Just watching her go through it. And her little baby is so cute. And she's just a good mom. Like these kids, these kids love their kids. These The moms really love their babies and are just trying to do their best. Ooh, it was a lot. I was like grown women problems. These girls are just driving around. With these dudes cussing him out, being like, uh huh, okay, all right, but did you break the Pampers? Okay, all right, all right, I'm gonna hang up, not trying to hear that. Like, I was like, damn, wow, it was a lot. So, yeah, I'm not necessarily telling you to watch it, I'm just saying a shout out to those girls, and I honestly hope they get everything they can out of being on the TV show. I hope that they get enough you know, press or notoriety to support their lifestyle because they're not getting help adequately from these fathers. And the only good thing I can think of coming out of these shows is to keep some other young women from getting pregnant too early because they see how hard it is and that these girls can turn it into a financial opportunity. Um, So bless them and good luck. With that, I'm going to say sayonara. This has been an extra long episode to make up for the one that I did not do last week. There was a lot of tea. There was even more that I didn't even share. And so I'm excited to be back. And I will talk to you next week. Cake and Kombucha is produced and hosted by actress, writer, and singer, Kalechi Azier. It features music by the talented Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, check out MelanieJBCharles.com.